Good morning and welcome to the ReLife Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Moore, here at ReLife Academy. For those that don't know, ReLife Academy is the first ever technology-based personal development platform that targets mental health and social adaptability by analyzing your unique environment and then engaging you in personalized course content that builds on those areas of opportunity, all with the goal of developing a better you along the way. And you can find out more, as always, by heading over to relifeacademy.com today. Now, before we jump into today's topic, I would like you to think of a song, book, dance, or some other piece of art that captivated you when you first experienced it. What made it stand out to you? For some, it may be the intensity of the beat. Perhaps it's the elegance and the smooth transition of the footwork of your favorite dancer. Or, or perhaps it's the intricate attention to detail that the artist places in their work. We all have our own quirky reason for loving what we love, and there is nothing wrong with having your own style and preference. You see, the beauty of art is that it allows us the opportunity to experience ideas, emotions, or perspectives through different places in time and across a variety of cultures that we may have never had the honor of being a part of. You see, we've all experienced what it's like to be stuck in our ways. As humans, we have this almost innate ability to hear what we want to hear and to believe what we want to believe, even when it's not realistic or even probable. Today, we're going to discuss one of the most pervasive issues that has plagued humanity since the dawn of our existence. So buckle up for the next few minutes and join me this morning as we explore our environment and learn what drives us toward being so stubborn here on episode three of the Real Life Podcast, experiencing life from different points of view. So for all of you out there listening right now, in the world of behavioral analysis, the first step in resolving an issue is being able to first define what the issue is or giving the issue what we call an operational definition. So what does that mean and why does it matter? Well, you see, by creating an operational definition, we are able to tell the public, hey guys, this definition has been collectively agreed upon to fully represent the operations by which this particular behavior can be both observed, right, and measured. So for example, while the term anxiety is often defined in the dictionary as, quote, a state of being uneasy, apprehensive, or worried, this isn't an operational definition. The operational definition of anxiety would tell us how it occurs. So, for instance, a practitioner may say, we operationally define anxiety as sweating palms, increased heart rate, dilated pupils, and other observable physiological changes, right? The result in a feeling of being uneasy, apprehensive, or worried. So how exactly does this play into experiencing the world through different points of view? Well, I'm glad that 
that you ask. You see, there is an exponentially large number, okay, of factors that play into the way you perceive the world around you. I'm sure most of you know this. It is not the intensity of the environment, though, that drives your experience, but rather it is the way you view that environment that dictates your reaction to the environment. I'm going to give you a very high-level example. We can look at two children growing up in a home where the children experience the effects of alcoholism firsthand. Both children witness emotional manipulation, physical violence, codependence, infidelity, lack of respect between the parents, right? Things like that. One child may grow up to become an abusive partner while the other becomes a successful business owner or mentor. Why is that? Well. First off, we know that alcoholism affects your ability to respond to stress and emotional triggers, which can cause a great deal of activity in the amygdala. Second, it's well documented that alcoholism causes emotional and mental stress on those who experience the illness firsthand. Now, as we discussed in episode two, Stress causes physical changes to the structure of your brain. It alters its neurological pathways and it shuts off areas of the brain that allow us to think of the consequences and regulate our emotional response, right? So with that said, human beings, we're not emotionally homogenous. We don't all react to the world the same way. One person may grow up in an alcoholic family and see that when the parents are drunk, they are happy, and without drinking, they are at each other's throats. The other person may grow up and see the physiological triggers and the psychological triggers for what they are. They may grow up to detest alcohol, right? The other side of the spectrum. They can detest codependence, emotional manipulation, etc., to the point that they feel they have to rebel against it at all cost. So that we're clear, both of these scenarios are responses to the family dynamic as it relates to alcoholism. With that being said, it is their individual perspective that drives the behavior. The way in which these two individuals see the world around them dictates the way by which they react to that world. You see, we are reactionary creatures. Since the beginning of time, your survival has hinged on your ability to identify and neutralize threats in your environment. Your brain has evolved to execute this way. Your amygdala has evolved to assess specific stimuli or things in your environment and then react accordingly. However, when our brains are engaged in a chronic state of stress, the neurotransmission system, right, the communication system that directs the amygdala, your fight or flight response, to respond is physically altered. Let me say that again. When our brains are engaged in a chronic state of stress, the neurotransmission, the communication system that directs your fight or flight to respond is physically, structurally altered. A good example would be an air traffic controller that tells pilots where they can and cannot fly. That's their job. Now, under normal conditions, this air traffic controller is able to correctly guide all of the aircrafts where they need to go. However, 
if the controller becomes confused, they may give off the wrong information, causing aircrafts to crash into one another or fly in the wrong direction. There's a host of problems that can arise. So the question then becomes, if we are reactionary creatures and the way we react to our environment dictates the way we see the world, how do we optimize the way we react to our environment? There's still a lot of research being done in the field. What we do know for certain is that as soon as behavior becomes automatic, the decision-making portion of the brain goes into a sort of sleep mode which doesn't help anyone. This is essentially your brain saying, hey, I've learned all I need to know about this. I'm gonna go ahead and clock out for the rest of the day. Just shoot me a call if you need me again. This is why we're so stubborn, right? This is why we feel it's so difficult to let go of the past. This is why we view the world through the lens we do. It is up to us to actively turn off that sleep mode and re-engage our brain back into a learning mode. So how do we go about this? Well, there are a few options at our disposal, such as cognitive behavioral therapy, there's meditation, or in really extreme cases, there are things like psychiatric intervention. But for the most, you know, the majority of people, they simply need someone to provide them with a level of accountability for the choices they are making rather than reinforcing views they already have. This means surrounding yourself with people who are unbiased and will trip the switch back into learning mode for you. Someone who will help you see the world through a different point of view. Maybe you're ready for that next step, to become emotionally mature, being able to let go of your old ways. Perhaps you want to learn, you know, what else in the world there is for you outside of this box that you keep putting yourself in. I don't know. But if so, I'm really excited for you. Head over to reallifeacademy.com today. Sign up for the intake assessment if you haven't done one already. It costs you absolutely nothing. And within 24 hours, you're going to receive an email with your coach's contact information so that you can coordinate those next steps toward becoming a better version of yourself. You are capable of incredible change, but it has to begin with you. The choices you make right now are going to influence what happens in your future. I'm Marcus, and thank you for joining me today on the Real Life Podcast. Have a great day.